0: good afternoon friends welcome to the patrick lally show on another grand and glorious day in the best little city in america that of course is sioux falls south dakota where we are currently going to spend the next couple hours engaging in some energetic and entertaining conversation on local state national news and politics oh we're going to talk a bunch about business and tariffs today business Business, making the money, bringing home the cash, finding the coin, finding earning earning some coin, get a little walking around money.
1: Making it rain.
0: Making it rain. Uber producer Dan Peters is in the studio. That was him. Thanks for spending some time with us on your radio at Information 1000 KSOO. You know, if you can't get to a radio, and I sometimes that does happen, you can stream it live on KSO.com, and if you got a phone... Just get the app, baby. Just get the app. And you touch the button, boom, streaming. Streaming live, instantaneous streaming. And then you can listen to the show wherever you go. And uh, we are on the Twitter, of course, at P. Lally Show. And you can check in there, chat with us, what have you. Uh, Okay, Dan. This morning, uh, this was a bit of a shocker. Uh, When the door flung wide on the garage and I hopped on the bicycle. That was cool. Woo! That I, I wasn't expecting that, man. Sharp. Sh- yes, the sharp edge of cold. It's always the worst the first time it takes the big dip.
1: You know, you kind of forget what
0: what cold feels like.
1: Well, and here's what makes it so awful. My, our buddy Phil Schreck at KSFY Television. He just put up a graphic on his Twitter account, and it shows the temperature change over the last twenty-four hours mm. minus forty <laughs> in Sioux Falls. <laughs> that, that's not the worst of it. Uh, O'Neill, Nebraska, yeah. minus fifty-two. Yes,
0: that—that's uh, the power of your jet stream. You know what I am saying? We got a dip in the jet stream fronts, and we got some of that. That's an Arctic blast. It's so what we call it, Arctic Blast, Dan. And it was cold.
1: And we were lucky that it didn't involve a huge system coming in from the southwest along with it because it, those oh, usually yeah. bring about the tornadoes on one end and the blizzard on the other. Yeah, Yikes. always fun.
0: Always fun. Yeah, so this morning, it, you know what, I'm never ready. I'm never really ready, okay? I knew it was going to be colder, right? But then it's. I look at this thirty two degrees this morning. I'm like, ah, oh, what do I wear at thirty two again? Um, let's see. I need. Uh, Go back. Do I uh, can wear these shoes? Uh, if I put two pairs of socks, yeah, I can do that. Uh, do I need the wool tights? Mm, let's be safe. Yeah, put on the wool tights. You know, find the the lobster mitts where two your two fingers. your You. You split the two the four fingers into two pockets, essentially.
1: Your Dr. Spock.
0: Your Dr. Spock yeah. middies. I'm actually demonstrating for Dan right now in the studio what it does. The lobster middies are great in the cold weather. Had to dig those out, find a find a wool gator for my net, you know, and so it's just like do I almost went to the goggles. Because then you know the, the warmer helmet and the goggles, and I thought, ugh. I see anybody I know, I'm going to take some serious heat for doing that at 32.
1: Oh, I know. Especially, and and Jeff Turn would do that to you anytime. Yeah. You well, wear the goggles.
0: You know what I, I did to Turn yesterday? What did you do? I used some big words. Ooh, baffled <laughs> him, did you? <ya?
1: laughs>
0: yes, that I did. I used immutable.
1: Ooh, very yeah. nice. Yeah,
0: and he just said, I don't know what that means. I said, I know. That's why I used it.
1: Boom! Burn. Mic drop
0: and out. So you know it's it's really not fair. You know Jeff Turner, our friend at ESPN ninety nine point one, who's on the air at the same time as us. So you can say anything you want about him because he can't hear you. <laughs> and that's what's fun about it. People are like, oh, did you hear what did you hear what Lally said about you? And he's like, what? Oh, I can't tell you. <laughs> so this is everybody out there don't tell turn all right just mention it and then just kind of say ah oh, i don't want to go into it that seems like a good approach don't you
1: dan i think that that is i i know you live by stealth when you yep. do those kinds of things yeah
0: that's what's going to happen with turn and he's always making fun of me for riding my bike right and
1: uh you know what
0: he drives like a i don't even know i don't even remember what he drives some big car some gas guzzler, so I make fun of him. But yeah, so it was cold. I got, but I got through it. It'll be better the next time. Every time it gets a little bit better, and then you pretty soon it's zero, and it's like, oh well, it's just gonna be that way. But it's gonna get warmer. I I know this is not the end of it.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, because our our normal high temperatures are still usually quite pleasant this time of year. 60s 50s then then get towards the end of october beginning of november then things really start to bottom
0: out i feel like better days are ahead yet so these uh our race elmwood forest cross coming up on october 21st it's almost always a beautiful day that weekend i don't know why that week but it's all maybe a little breezy but sun's usually out you know classic fall leafs blowing around Mm, that's what we like. That's what we need more of, Dan.
1: Yeah, average, normal, high temperature, 56. We'll get there. Oh, yeah. Trust me.
0: This won't last. We've got a great show for you today. Our guests include Jason Ball of the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce. And uh, we're going to be chatting about tariffs and other business, local business topics. But uh, Jason has some perspective for us uh, from the local business community on this whole tariffing and trade international trade and we'll get his perspective on that the smart cycles to be in he's our weird friend of the day and we'll probably talk a little bit more about some of the events that are coming up and i'll have a pnl statement just after the break today's topic shut up and vote it's true shut up and vote that's coming up next on the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo 17 on the Patrick Lally show information, 1000 K S O O. And it's time for the PNL statement. When we look through the news and uh, find the things that disappoint us and anger us, hearten us and lift our spirits with joy. Um, There'll be no joy lifting today. No, that's that's not, that's not true. I, I try and find joy in everything, right? There's joy in life. Uh, So the FBI report on the, uh, on on Mr. Brett Kavanaugh and his uh, his nomination to the uh, Supreme Court and the allegations of sexual assault and impropriety, we don't get to read it, of course. But several senators who are on the Judiciary Committee have seen it, and uh, uh, you know, there's nothing new in there. Apparently, Chuck Grassley says there's nothing new, and you know, he's Chuck. So there are uh, the f- people who have seen it, though. Uh, here's uh, some reaction today. Uh, Let's see. From Senator Mitch McConnell, the majority leader, several weeks ago, a confidential allegation of misconduct from nearly 40 years ago was leaked to the press. Since then, other allegations have poured forth. Many were just patently ridiculous. A feeding frenzy of ridiculous accusations. Nobody is supposed to be guilty until proven innocent. In the United States of America, the Senate should not set a fundamentally... An American precedent here, so you know uh, there's no he doesn't say anything. <laughs> That's the Senator McConnell. McConnell, in about 80 words, says nothing. This is uh, Chuck, Chucky, e, not Chucky e. Cheese. Chucky e. Grassley, chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, from uh, over there in Iowa. There's nothing in it that we didn't already know. I trust that the career agents of the FBI have done their work independent of political or partisan considerations. That's exactly what senators from both sides asked for. Now it's up to senators to fulfill their constitutional duty and make a judgment. No one is on trial, and the Senate is not a courtroom. Senator Bob Corker of Tennessee. The supplemental background investigation found absolutely zero corroboration of the allegations that have been made. I plan to vote for Judge Kavanaugh, and I believe he will be confirmed very soon. On the left, and in this corner,
1: Senator Chuck Schumer,
0: the minority leader in the Senate from New York. We had many fears that this was a very limited process that would constrain the FBI from getting all the facts. Having received a thorough briefing on the documents, those fears have been realized. I disagree having... Received a briefing on all the documents. I disagree with Senator Grassley's statement that there was no hint of misconduct. So he thinks there's something. I don't know what he saw. Senator Diane Feinstein, ranking member of the Senate Shen- 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 Judiciary Committee. What I can say is that the most notable part of this report is what's not in it. It looks le- to be a product of an incomplete investigation that was limited, perhaps, by the White House. I don't know. And Senator Chris Coons of Delaware who is uh, on the Judiciary Committee as well. The materials I just received did not answer all the questions that I have, and in some ways I am left with more questions than answers. So here's what we know. Nothing. There you go. We know nothing. We know nothing more than we knew a week ago. And uh, everybody's had a chance to hear from the involved parties, um, And my expectation and my suspicion is that nothing has changed. There are still some people who have not said how they'll vote. Right. You got Jeff Flake, the guy from Arizona, who is no friend of the president, to be sure, and has actually uh, uh, has said he was going to vote for Kavanaugh and then backed off after he was uh, confronted in the elevator and said he wanted some more time. You've got uh, a couple Democrats, actually, that haven't said how they're going to vote. Heidi Heitkamp, she of North Dakota, of course, and Joe Manchin of West Virginia.
1: Who I do have an update on. Joe? No, actually on Heidi Heitkamp.
0: Yeah, what'd she say? She says a no. Ah, it doesn't surprise me, given the way uh, uh, Mr. Kavanaugh uh, treated her in that hearing, which was stupid and ridiculous. Um... So you got Flake. He says, uh, we've seen no additional corroborating information, and in. the investigation had been comprehensive. You got Lisa Murkowski, and Susan uh, Murkowski, of course, from Alaska, who said that uh, she was has not taken a stance, and Susan Collins of Maine, uh, she called the probe a very thorough investigation. Um, so <sighs> nothing's changed. Not really. The people who were undecided, except for Heidi Heitkamp. But I don't think the FBI investigation changed her mind. I think it was just the fact that Kavanaugh was stupid in his comments to her and inappropriate and uh, did demonstrate some sort of aggressive behavior. And I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. But that's still not enough to change the vote. And so here's my... At this point, in this confirmation process, it's time to shut up and vote. Back when I covered the Iowa legislature in the mid-90s, that was a catchphrase. When you'd get late into a debate that was wandering a bit from the focus into the wee hours of the night, when it became clear that sides were just talking to be heard, just to hear their own voice. Shut up and vote. Because nothing is going to change at this point. You have the votes, you don't have the votes. That's it. Murkowski and Collins are either going to vote for him or they're not. They can only afford to lose one between the three, Flake, assuming the Manchin votes no as Democrat. And he may vote yes. They can only use, lose one.
1: And Show. Manchin is in a tough spot.
0: Yeah, he is. He is. But if it comes down to him, I'd be surprised if he voted yes. He may, get, he may get to vote yes. It may end up being 52 or 53 because his vote wouldn't matter and he might, he might get to take the pass. And they may give Manchin the pass. That happens all the time. But if it came down to his vote, that might be a different story. We'll see if Collins or Murkowski flip and vote no. Um, and then if Manchin vote, you know, it's if Manchin did vote yes and they voted no, that would be pretty wild. But I don't think they're going to. My suspicion is in the end, they'll vote yes because Neither Collins nor Murkowski have uh, they have not uh, expressed any real uh, hard doubts about his ability to do the job. It's all it's it's the circus that surrounds the accusations. Right. So we'll find out. But that's what we'll find out. So shut up and vote. Apparently, they may vote as early as on a procedural tomorrow. And then on the real thing, Saturday, which is good. Do it. It's going to go one way or the other. That's politics.
1: And he could be seated on the Supreme Court to hear cases by Monday. That's pretty
0: wild. Because they, of course, the Supreme Court goes into session the first Monday in October. So they are in as of last week, right?
1: Wait. Yes, yes. They are already in session.
0: They are in session because that was the first. So, uh, yeah, he could be on the Supreme Court on Monday. And that's, you know, and then... We'll see what happens after that. That's how it works. People talking about, oh, why do they have this lifetime appointment? This is why. <laughs> so they are not uh, ever affected by the whims and the change and the winds of politics. And to some degree, you have to trust that the... Nine justices on the Supreme Court, when the issues come to them, make their decisions based on their education, their experience, and the wise words of the forefathers based in the Constitution and the precedents that have come. That's the way it works. So shut up and vote. Let's get it over with. That's the bottom line on today's P&L statement. Agree or disagree with me, you can send me an email, Patrick at KSO.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at P. Lally Show. Coming up after the break, the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters and the smart cyclist on Weird Friends. That's next on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSO. Oh,
2: I'm
0: the California kid, to 334 on the Patrick Lally Show, information 1000 KSOO, and it's that's Thursday. It's Smart Cyclist Day on Weird Friends, by God. And well, looky there. There's the Smart Cyclist, Michael Christensen. Here I am. Here I am. I am here. That's good. I wonder if your microphone is on. Here I am. There you are. Here
2: I am. I am here.
0: Oh, look what happened. Somebody changed the microphones. Oh, they did. They switched it around. Well, shame on that. Oh, my gosh. I was very confused there for a second. Let me turn this one off. There you go. Well, now we're up. Now we're an actual radio show. How about that? Hello.
2: (laughs) Happy Thursday.
0: (laughs) So the smart cyclist, Michael Christensen, uh, we usually talk. Well, we talk about all kinds of interesting stuff. Uh, Cycling. uh, Urban planning. Uh, transportation, community, community, uh, general, uh, recreational, uh, opportunities outside, outside. We like to be outside playing
2: outside.
0: Uh, we're not playing outside today, but, uh, that's fine because, uh, we are going to play outside in a co- like, uh, next weekend though. You and I, we're going to be at the same race.
2: It is next weekend.
0: Green acres. Green
2: acres is the place to be up in Lake Elmo, Minnesota. Lake which, Elmo. Is that like a far outside suburb of minneapolis
0: uh it's like uh a, a suburb of uh saint paul okay like that's st- right it's northeast and it's a it's a ski area like i don't know what sort i've never been there in the winter i've only been there in the fall
2: you know it as a ski area huh well that's what it says okay when you like if you google it when you're trying to find it, it from what i remember and i went to this race last well, that's year that's right um from what i remember it looks an awful lot like spellerberg park <laughs> Which I guess <laughs> here in the flatlands, if you uh, call it yeah. a ski area, then it is a ski area. It's probably a little steeper. That's it's
0: not true. Tut Hi- it's not as big as Tut Hill. Right. But it's it's a it hill. It is. And it's a it's a difficult and, they, adventure.
2: and you start at the start line and you go straight, straight up. up the hill.
0: <laughs> right away. The selection is early <laughs> at Green Acres. But it's a really fun event and so we'll be going there. Yes, um, you were not able to join us at Jingle, which was unfortunate.
2: I know, but that's a, but but I went to Sioux City. Yes, for a marching band festival. Oh yeah, and I rode a couple of laps, a couple of hours at Bacon Creek Park in Sioux City. Oh, that's supposed to be is, very nice. Which is off-road dirt trail mountain biking, and yeah, it's it was great.
0: So it, I've heard tell about Bacon Creek that it's it, it is a surprisingly good uh, mountain bike riding area you know it's in sioux City, but you don't think of it but sioux city actually a very hilly place
2: yes i was i rediscover that every time i go there and yeah i'm not on i2 on i-29 no i'm off and going to morningside stadium and yeah you could become a pretty fit cyclist by just riding (laughs) around there to work
0: where is this mountain bike park i used to work live and work in sioux city but i have no idea where this place is you know where it is? No, it's Sioux City. You Nobody know. knows where anything is.
2: <laughs> yeah, and in this day and age of GPS, you just just, you just tell you go wherever they tell you, to go. and you go.
0: I could have used that. It back is, in the day.
2: Um, it is within ten minutes of Morningside Stadium. Okay, well, and that it helps. is on the outskirts of town.
0: I know where it is now.
2: Okay, and it is on Correctionville Road. Yep, got it. Okay,
0: yeah, I know where that is.
2: And it was. It is. It is excellent riding it's it's it worth the trip
0: worth the trip down to Sioux City if you're a mountain biker because yeah. we don't have that we have single track now we have some lovely at uh, Tut Hill obviously we talk about that all the time we have leaders okay, but Yanky this park. is uh, uh, Trail park yeah this is
2: six six miles pretty close to six miles of of unique trail so yeah your your one lap is fifty minutes instead oh, that's pretty of good instead of twelve <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and everything everything in town here you can do and then you transport it when you go somewhere else and get actual miles in so
0: yeah that's pretty cool and i don't yeah. think people here really have knowledge of that place too yeah. much
2: yeah you see it pop up occasionally but yeah
0: it's just not that far right there's no reason to go to you know afton minnesota if you can go to right. well, there is reason to go to afton minnesota it's a beautiful park there but right it's, uh,
2: yeah it's 40 minutes to newton hills which is uh, kind of a shared horse mountain biking mm-hmm. thing and might as well go another 40 minutes and go to Sioux City instead.
0: I'm going to do that.
2: Try it. It's great. I'm going to do that.
0: Uh, at any rate, you weren't a jingle, but your son was. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he just catted up. He was all excited. He was going from a Cat 4 to a Cat 3, which for folks who don't know in the cyclocross world or in biking, was a, it's a big jump. It's kind of from a, you know, not a beginner, but a still introductory learning to Cat 3 is like, all right. Let's yeah. get it on. Cat
2: three is a bit of an arrival, yes, right. So you, you got your, you got your ex- beginners and your experienced beginners in cat four and cat five, or
0: old fat guys,
2: me and you, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, w- w- when you're in cat three, you're everything is up from there, right? Yep, everything is. Uh, You've arrived, and now the next thing is kind of the real deal.
0: It's like going from high school to college football. Everything speeds up.
2: Yeah. And yeah, you make the cat from you make the jump from cat three to cat two. And I watched Adam on your team mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago in Wisconsin, right? And mm-hmm. he's in cat two, and he's riding with the national champion, mm-hmm. the current national champion. So,
0: and so three is a, a big jump. The fields are always really big and really fast. And jingle cross is a huge race. And there was Alonzo out there in the middle of the pack at the start line. At the start line, fired up, got a nice picture of him. Yep. Sent that to you, texted I did. that to you. I got, this,
2: I got the, it was kind of, it wasn't quite two fists in the air. I'm ready to go. Yeah. It looked it like maybe he was. Thumbs a, up it, situation. It, it was, yeah. He was, he was ready. Adrenaline And, I, and I was thrilled. I was sitting at, a, at my parents' kitchen table yeah. saying, hey, look here, Patrick just sent me this. <laughs> here he goes. He's going right now. And then the phone call. <laughs> Ring. So when my name
0: popped up on your phone, what was the first thing that went through your head?
2: <laughs> um, this is not good and not normal, <laughs> no,
0: no, because it was about 10 minutes after I'd sent him the photo, but yes. And poor, uh, unfortunately Alonzo met with a bit of bother in the start.
2: Yeah. So what was well, he was toward the back of the pack at the starting mm-hmm. line because he's a brand new mm-hmm. cat three guy. And, and I believe the number is 13 seconds into the race. Mm-hmm. There was some sort of gathering of bicycles in one spot and he got caught up in that. He describes a, a trek boon, riderless truck boon, came out of this pile <laughs> and went right for his apparently his ankle. Yes. Knocked him over, knocked his chain off. Oh man. I think we figured it out. I I wanna say that weekend for registration alone cost him seven dollars a second. <laughs> seven dollars per second of racing. <laughs> And that, that wasn't food. and uh, That was not you know. travel, not lodging, not food. That was just paying to enter the two races that he had, and he got 13 seconds of racing in.
0: On Friday. He hadn't even been in town that long. <laughs> He'd been in town about two hours. Yeah. Done. Done. And uh, hurt his ankle a little bit, but... He seems to be okay.
2: Yeah, the call was. I, I enjoyed the call. Um, the call was. He's in the medical tent, but he's okay. You know, mm-hmm. the dreaded call for, for any parent. Yeah, yeah, that's My son's right. in the medical tent, <laughs> and, I, and I think it was described by you. Um, the uh, the attendee said, on a scale of one to ten, how's your pain? Mm-hmm. And he said ten. Which to me, that's to me. I imagine it's pretty nonchalant. Ten, right? Yeah. And the the response was really. <laughs> So I don't know if that means he hasn't experienced a lot of pain or if, yeah. if it well, and I hurt he, and he's amazing.
0: He said, well, it's the most pain I've had. <laughs> I'm sure other people have had worse, <laughs> which, you know, is a, a classic response. Yep. Uh, it was a great uh, weekend, but it, unfortunately Alonzo was uh, mostly an observer at that point, all, although very helpful. Yep. And and,
2: and, the good, and good news, um, he's riding back and forth to work and to school. This week he's got forty miles in, so
0: and he's also going to Green Acres with us, right? And he is going to Green Acres, so he'll have another chance. But it was, you know, the big pack, everything, all the boom. And the weird thing was, is I saw the crash, but I didn't see the part with Alonzo in the crash, right? What I saw was a guy in yellow fully somersaulting in the air.
2: <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I glad that wasn't him.
0: No, that was. I don't know how that part happened but that's where the point of the spear was in terms of the crash. Right. But then, uh, yeah, I have a photo of Alonzo trying to get his bike out of <laughs> from the other bike. And the guy who owns that bike is probably 10 feet behind him walking towards it. Exactly. Like, Dude, how did you get that separated <laughs> from your bike? <laughs> Yes, that was bad. Maybe he, uh, we need
2: maybe we need those leashes, uh, like on jet skis. You know, you ride a jet ski yes. around and you got that leash on yeah. you, so that if you get separated from your jet it ski, stops. the jet ski shuts down. You need that on your bike. Let's get that in the uh, rules.
0: You know what, though, after all that carnage, Alonzo was the only one who, I think, the only one who wasn't able to continue. And really, is because oh, really, I think he would have probably kept going, but his bike, his brake lever was ripped off. Right,
2: and, half his brake lever was ripped off. Yeah, and there was the they were starting the next. Yep. Level of that race, like thirty seconds later, yeah. They're like either fix it or get out of the way. Yeah, he had to get out of the he way. We had to get out of the way. So we got
0: him out of there. So was but it was a great weekend. Uh, we look forward to uh, doing more. Um, there's, uh, we should mention Elmwood Forest Cross coming up. Elmwood Forest Both. Cross
2: coming up October 21st. That's at Elmwood Park down there by Kiwanis and Russell.
0: Yeah, and you and I are, uh, are part of the triumvirate of organizers.
2: Yeah, and is this like the fifth or sixth year of that thing? it's the fifth year. Keeping it alive. Yeah,
0: five years of Elmwood Forest Cross. That's pretty good.
2: we got a community event in there. Run What You Brung. We're hoping to turn that into a crazy costume party kind of a thing. Yep. Just bring a, bring a crappy bike and... Go rent a crappy bike. <laughs> go buy a bike you, from a pawn shop. There you go, and ride it. and in the, put a yes. skirt on. <laughs> come
0: and be Tutors. weird. Yes, or horses heads, or whatever. Oh,
2: horses heads would be great.
0: There was at, at Jingle. There was the guy in the unicorn suit.
2: Yep, and John Barry in the Incredible Hulk.
0: Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So there'll be there'll be costumes. It's fun, and you know you don't have to be a bike rider. Just come out and have a good time. We're gonna have uh, my place mobile cafe and uh frivolity will abound all day long october 21st sunday it's gonna be beautiful out it always is it will be smart cyclist michael christensen uh every thursday here on uh weird friends i appreciate you coming in man
2: glad to be here love it stay warm you you
0: too coming up on the patrick lally show after the news and weather at the top of the hour we're gonna chat with jason ball who's the president of the sioux falls area chamber of commerce and uh, we'll touch on a few things in the news here right after this break. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information
2: 1000,
1: KSOO. We to be there. It was just another Took a detour across the river. Make it back home before dawn.
0: 350 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Uh, and I was talking about the... Um, kavanaugh uh hearings and appointment a little earlier and uh there was while i was doing some reading on that today i ran across uh tom friedman column and as you people know i'm a big fan of tom friedman he of the three uh pulitzers and uh is a uh, foreign affairs columnist for the new york times and uh, is a native minnesotan uh from uh, st louis park and uh, also hung out in iowa quite a bit but um, he's got this column in today's uh New York Times on their website that uh his headline is the American Civil War part two: The nation is deeply divided with each seeing the other as the enemy and it's very good and i I recommend it to you um the lead of which is I began my journalism career covering a civil war in Lebanon. I never thought i 'd end my career covering a civil war in America. We may not be there yet, but if we don't turn around now, we will surely get where we're going which was best described by Senator Jeff Flake on Monday. Tribalism is ruining us. It's tearing our country apart. It is no way for sane adults to act. Um, and so, you know, and he goes on and talks about uh, the strife that our country has faced over the years uh, since the Civil War, certainly. And it's easy to sort of dismiss what's going on now as uh, certainly blessedly not violent, but perhaps just as insidious um, and it's it's interesting because he talks to Norm Orenstein, who, uh, if you know who Norm is, he's uh, uh, you know, he's been around a long time writing about uh, politics. He's a political scientist, and he's got a new book with Thomas Mann called "It's Even Worse Than It Looks: How the American Constitutional System Collided with the New Politics of Extremism." And uh, he talks about uh, tribalism and this notion that it's uh, us versus them situation and and it strikes me because uh for instance if you listen to Mr. Sexton who comes on after me it very much and, and you know Mr. Sexton is a smart guy you know he's not dumb he's, he's a fine broadcaster but it has it, it very much is a we versus them mentality okay and those people are despicable those people are disgusting and i these are terms he uses. So, uh, I'm not making it up. And that always, when I hear stuff like that, that makes, that perks up my ears because to me it's dehumanizing language. And when you can dehumanize somebody, you can marginalize them, uh, as a, as a, as a person, right. As somebody with rights. And that's, that does foster violence and we see we have seen that over and over again it is the it is the tactic it is the precursor to violence dehumanization and it's not unique to america um it's not unique to uh europe it has happened in every continent every every genocide in this world was precursed by a dehumanizing process And that's what I hear in this. And as uh, Friedman says, uh, when I look at all the people today who are propelling their political careers and fattening their wallets by dividing us, I cannot help but wonder, do these people go home at night to some offshore island where none of this matters? Do these people really think their kids are go- aren't are going to pay for the venom they sell and spread? Don't worry, I know the answer. They aren't thinking and they aren't going to stop it. What stops it? When a majority of Americans who are still center-left and center-right come together and vote only for lawmakers who have the courage to demand a stop to it. Now, right now, not just when they're leaving office or on their deathbeds. Great column by Thomas Friedman. I highly recommend it, as I always do, of Mr. Friedman. Coming up after the break, we're going to... Uh, after the top of the hour, we're going to chat with Jason Ball of the Sioux Falls Chamber of Commerce. Stick with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.
3: So let's with guitar.
0: 358 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Friday is the Sertoma Beer Fest, 6 to 30 to 930 at CJ Calloway's. Enjoy featured beers from Sam Adams and local breweries, along with light appetizers there will also be an auction, items up for bid, tickets are 40 bucks and support the Sioux Empire Noon, Sioux Falls Noon Sertoma mission to help with hearing and speech impairments. Coming up after the break, it's Jason Ball, Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce. We're going to talk about tariffs and other business issues. Stay tuned. Information 1000 KSOL. Oh! Four oh seven on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and I am pleased to have back in our studio with us today, Jason Ball. He is president of the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce, and uh, he's been uh, Jason. Thanks for coming in.
3: Thanks for having me again. I'm excited about this. And
0: how long have you been in the job now?
3: Uh just over a year and a half now. February is going to make a whole year.
0: Yeah. So you're now you're kicking it. Right? That's right.
3: That's right. Now I now I can't claim to be brand new anymore. You know everybody's name. <laughs> you know where the coffee
0: maker is. There's really no excuse. There's no more excuses. No. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, people may or may not know you. Um, <laughs> certainly, people on the inside of the chamber do. But uh, general general audience, uh, where how did you get this job? How did you end up in as the president of the Sioux Falls area? Chamber of Commerce? Well,
3: totally by accident. Uh, everyone will be reassured to know. No, <laughs> I um, I took the traditional path to uh, getting into chamber work and economic development, which is through a chemistry career. Oh, no, sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, realized one day I could never, I was never going to be satisfied being by myself in a fume hood all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, to shorten it, I went back to school just as an excuse to get out of the lab, didn't know what I was going to do. And the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce in Lincoln, Nebraska found me and said, Hey, we want you to come do some entrepreneurship, small business, startup work, and economic development here. Um, I tried to talk him out of it. Mm-hmm. I told Lincoln, look, I have no idea what economic development is. I said, we don't care. We'll teach you all that. We want you to do the entrepreneurship work and uh, spent five great years with Lincoln. Uh, loved the chamber work and economic development side of it so much. I said, look, I, you know, I think I want to make this a career. Spent four years with the Hutchinson Reno County Chamber of Commerce there. And uh, boy, when this opportunity in Sioux Falls popped up on my radar, I thought, oh, I got, I got to at least throw him a resume mm-hmm. just to see what happens. And man, I, I've got the best job in town. I feel lucky every day to get to do what we get to do. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So when you are in Lincoln, did you ever go to the Pinewood
0: Bowl, by the way? There, yes. That's an awesome place there. It
3: was, it, and, and it was right at the end of my time there when it was really taken off. Yeah. Uh, they've done a great job yeah. with that. You're going
0: to have to get down there and hang out and go to a show yeah a little anonymity back down in lincoln right that's (laughs) (laughs) no um, so uh you've been in the job a year and a half and Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden now uh here we are talking about tariffs um yeah and that's sort of a focus of our conversation today a little bit and so uh it's an odd thing to me to have a president who uh, came to the job uh based on his business acumen Mm-hmm. Uh, and his business reputation, and is fond of a policy in terms of trade uh, protectionism and, and tariffs that seem to run counter to traditional business interests. Um, how do you, how do you reconcile that?
3: Well, I, I I don't often comment on the administration specifically on this, but I, I will tell you. I think it's clear to me that there is a dialogue amongst. Um, conservative and Republican voters specifically on what, uh, you know, traditionally had been, uh, the party of free trade, mm-hmm. right. A, a Republican position for decades and decades, even within my lifetime had mm-hmm. been very focused on, on free trade. And in many, uh, areas of, of that party that it's, it still is a focus. Uh, whereas I think it had been the traditionally liberal or Democrat, uh, uh, philosophy and approach was, look, we need to make sure that we're, Thinking more about um, our foreign partners and competitors having matching wage rates Mm -hmm. to what is in the U.S. and that had been more more of their focus, and so I think this this dialogue that we're having right now uh, contributes to the um, real scrambling and mixing of trade philosophies and what the position of the United States is in the world right now, Um, and it's definitely unique to have a president from the Republican Party that has been. Uh, taking steps to induce trade behaviors that the administration wants to see by use of of tariffs, I would say that's that's not common in the party and and not something that would be considered uh, you know traditional for that party even just ten years ago.
0: And the 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 Sioux Falls area chamber of commerce and as part of the national organization is fairly unequivocal. Oh, can you be fairly unequivocal? They are unequivocal in the position that tariffs are bad, right?
3: Yes. Yeah. I want to be clear with everybody. We, uh, uh, we do not support the, the overall strategic approach uh, that has been employed uh, with uh, many of our partners. I'm sure we'll get into some details on that. But um, by and large, the use of tariffs as a tool to induce trade partnerships that we find advantageous, uh, we, we think is just a, a bad strategy and uh, economically is, is going to hurt the United States in the long run. And you see it as a bad idea,
0: not just, I mean, in South Dakota, we see the results directly in terms of uh, China, for instance, mm-hmm. or, and, and with NAFTA, uh, it, it trading in uh, commodities mm-hmm. and, and uh, pro, uh, livestock. Uh, but you see it as detrimental to business on a lot of other levels as well, right? I mean, this is, for you, this is not, while ag is certainly a part of our business uh, infrastructure here, mm-hmm. our community, it's not just an ag thing for the chamber.
3: Oh, absolutely. This is going to come home to all of us. And I and I tell people, I don't think the first shoe has dropped in terms of us feeling the impact yet or mm-hmm. any of the United States really feeling the impact of it. Um, and, and it comes home in weird ways. Uh, right now, anything that's made out of aluminum, price is already going up in anticipation of of what will be a longer uh, trade war with uh, some of our partners. And that affects things like bicycle parts, mm-hmm. right? And so that's that's taking effect uh, right now. The 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 longer term effects that are going to take a long time to unwind uh, certainly relate to pork products um, and our largest uh, export market for for pork. Uh, products as Mexico right now. So mm-hmm. we're we're seeing some improvement there. We may, mm-hmm. we may be able, able to dodge this bullet. Um, but uh, pork products doesn't come home just to farmers, right? They're processed at Smithfield. Mm-hmm. There is a cold storage warehouse that manages uh, all that. There are any number of banks that have uh, loans out to pork facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, there's people
0: who build, uh, you know, metal sheds for uh, hog livestock operations, there's guys who pour concrete for it you know yes uh, oh. trench diggers you know there's all kinds of stuff
3: and so everyone that touches a piece of that or works for one of those businesses. They, they buy cars, they buy houses, mm-hmm. they shop in our uh, favorite awesome downtown retail stores, mm-hmm. they go to that quirky little restaurant that everyone loves to take, uh, take people to that they might, you know, is a little off the beaten path, right? And so this comes home in all these ways because if these people's jobs are affected, that's gonna affect all those businesses and we're already having a conversation in our state on how do we pay for civic infrastructure and things like that. We're so dependent on, uh, sales tax to do that, Mm -hmm. that, that begins to affect how our local administration is able to provide for those, those civic, uh, 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 provisions. Yeah. We're
0: going to come right back and talk more with Jason Ball. He is president of the Sioux Falls area chamber of commerce. And, uh, we'll get into some of the specifics on, on the new NAFTA, the USMCA as we call it here on the Patrick Lally show and, uh, what that might mean if it goes into effect. So we'll be right back. This is Information One Thousand KSOO.
1: 420
0: on the Patrick Lally Show. Information One Thousand KSOO, and uh, we're chatting with Jason Ball. He, of course, is the president of the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce, and uh, so we've been chatting about uh, you know tariffs because that's what I like to talk about: trade, international trade, and economics. That's right mm, nothing says scintillating radio no it's it's awesome <laughs> it's a it's a great topic, and uh, you know we were just sitting here talking about it um so your membership is mm-hmm. based are Sioux Falls area business owners and yep. people who are interested in business yep, two thousand one hundred and fifty give or take well that's a lot of people that is what do they think of this issue is this the the the, the tariffs issue is something the chamber nationally and locally has come out and said tariffs are bad. Is your membership on board with this?
3: Yeah, and so we take our guidance from our issues management committee and our, bo- our board on this, and we've been – uh you know for decades uh very much big supporters of of uh free and open and fair trade right mm-hmm. and so that that 's the goal that that we always advocate for because when goods and services can cross borders in the most efficient manner as dictated by the market it's generally going to keep prices lower and and help us in America in particular access goods and services at a lower cost and increase our standard of living um it's a pretty you know pretty traditional position for the u s chamber and for uh our our local chamber. Um, on top of that, I want to I be clear, too. We understand that those trade relationships, whether you're talking about with China or the European Union or the NAFTA nations, um, they take work, and none of them are perfect. Um, also, times change. You know, NAFTA came about before we had apps and and powerful computers mm-hmm. in our pocket through our phone every day, and so they need to be revisited. We do have issues that are lingering with Canada, say, for softwood lumber and dairy uh, products and concerns with Mexico on labor rates and auto, auto parts markets, right? I mean, all those are real. And so having a dialogue on how can we more effectively and more equitably construct our trade relationships is always a good thing to do. That's always a valid conversation. Um, our, our concern is more about tactics by using tariffs to induce that behavior, as opposed to just sitting down at a negotiating table saying, look, we really got to take a look at this.
0: Because aren't we, and we, we'll talk about the new NAFTA here in just a second, yeah. the US-Mexico-Canada agreement. Um, it, but aren't, doesn't the United States come to the table inherently in a position of power in these, in these negotiations?
3: As one of the largest markets in the world, you bet. We we will carry that into every discussion we have. So, why would you need I'm preaching
0: to the choir here. Why (laughs) why would you need it? Why would you need to tariff as a cudgel in this situation?
3: Well, and I I think the question I'll add on top of that, if I can, is what does that do to long term relationships by using that that cudgel, to use your word for it? I mean, uh, we may, out of these uh, threats of tariffs or use of tariffs, Ultimately, get one or two of the things we want, but what do we lose in the long term through uh, relationship keeping that we we aren't able to do? Whether that's a trade relationship, or you know, heaven forbid, if we ever get into another military conflict, mm-hmm. uh, Canada in particular stood with us in those. And so, what what else do we lose or give up um, by by using these tools? So the the new NAFTA uh, that was announced uh, this week. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the U.S., uh, Mexico, Canada agreement. As you look at it, and um, what does it mean for South Dakota? Uh, is this is this a good agreement for South Dakota if it gets through Congress and if it gets through the Mexican government? You know, if it's approved by mm-hmm. all parties, is it good for us?
3: Yes, uh, I, I think overall it is a good step forward, and and just philosophically again. What we have now is all three nations talking to each other. It's a trilateral agreement. That's item number one because all of our logistics system in North America have been set up with, uh, you know, under the paradigm of NAFTA. And so the idea that we could unilaterally do agreements with one of the nations just was never going to be sustainable or workable. So the fact that we're talking about it and have some really big chunks of this agreed on is a great is a great thing it is going to bring stability to markets um, and for example what we had at risk was just for mexico alone 86 million dollars of potential impact to south dakota alone um, that now will be in large part alleviated because
0: mexico is our largest buy bio- we export more pork to mexico than anywhere else in the world right isn't yep. that right yep and also many other goods but uh, in canada also a big uh, uh purchaser of, of of south dakota pork and livestock produ- products so that was a big deal yep. that losing those markets would have hurt us desperately
3: absolutely and the and the nice thing about the the w- whether you want to call it the new nafta or the usmca mm-hmm. or AS, usmca, as USMCA. Been, <laughs> that's my new term for the day <laughs> what whatever you call the agreement the the nice thing for south dakota specifically is it basically doesn't touch the agricultural trade relationships that have existed for a long time under NAFTA and have been so good for this state. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you liked the ag arrangements that were in uh, NAFTA, you're going to like the ag arrangements that are in the USMCA because they fundamentally just have not changed.
0: And every Republican in this state of any leadership consequence has been a supporter of NAFTA. Yeah. I mean, across the board, it's indisputable. So to say that what the president did was say that uh, NAFTA is the worst deal we ever made. Well, unless you live in South Dakota or any other agricultural state, then it was a pretty good deal.
3: Correct. I, I will tell you, the trade folks that represent uh, uh, grain and agricultural and uh, meat product um, trade associations all universally will point to um, the benefit that has been brought to South Dakota and South Dakota farm families by by having access to those markets for export.
0: We're going to come right back and talk more with Jason Ball. He is the President of the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce. And we're going to move on. We're going to move out of North America. We're going to move right into uh, China. Uh, made a little TPP. It's going to be great. You're going to want to stay with us. The news and weather with Dan Peters is up next. And then we'll be back in just a moment. This is The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 434 on The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we're chatting with Jason Ball. He is the president of the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce. And uh, we have, as we said off air, solving all the world's problems. That's right. If only you were here with us. No, we're going to continue that conversation about solving all the world's problems. And let's move to China. Because we've been talking about trade, international trade, and the Trump administration. So the first thing uh, the president did when he uh, got into office, one of the first things was get out of the the Trans-Pacific Partnership with the TPP, which was another big multilateral trade deal Mm -hmm. in the same spirit as Mm -hmm. NAFTA uh, because it was a terrible deal. Um, My understanding is that for South Dakota, uh, ag producers in particular, what that was going to do was really open up markets in Asia. Yes. uh, In Japan, for instance, uh, where the the tariffs on American beef are extraordinarily high. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They would have gotten rid of those. So uh, what did uh, getting out of the
3: TPP do to South Dakota commerce? Uh, well, uh, in, in short, we have put what I view as is, is putting at risk uh, about $63 million of potential impact to South Dakota. And the source on that is the U- U.S. Chamber of Commerce. People can go look up that, that information on a state-by-state basis at thewrongapproach.com. Mm-hmm. Um And the number they have for the, the, the potential impact to South Dakota from Chinese uh, trade is $63 million. Now, Um, I actually think it exceeds that for for several reasons, but I want to, if I can, just take one quick step back Mm -hmm. and talk about where, uh, again, where do we agree, uh, even if we don't agree on the steps, and that is with China has some problems with their trade. Mm -hmm. There is no doubt on the world markets, they are basically dumping steel um, because there's an overcapacity right now on the worldwide market, and China has been... Uh, problem number one in dumping steel on the open markets: the U.S. only receives about one or two percent of our steel from China, um, and so it's not necessarily directing us, uh, impacting us directly, but it is hurting us because those are commodities prices, and uh, dumping it uh, in one area of the world is going to alter the price here and cause problems here. So that's a big deal. Um, intellectual property management mm-hmm. with China: they, uh, if a com- company comes in and says, "Hey, I want to sell my you know magical." Uh, product there Mm -hmm. um the chinese will say well look we'll open our markets to you but you have to disclose to our government what your intellectual property your patent protection your 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 proprietary information is well okay we know that's going to end up in a competing product at some point absolutely or they
0: just reverse engineer it and they make it themselves and
3: yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's, tough luck so it's 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 they there are some severe problems with china those are only two I think any trade expert could sit down here and and talk about any number of others. The interesting thing about it is the European Union and all the East Pacific nations, they have those same frustrations with China. And at the end of the day, that's what the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, was really intended uh, to address. China was not a party to the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's two, there's two ways you can go about this. You can, you can uh, go into one of those relationships saying, hey, I'm going to tariff everybody. I'm going to raise uh, my, my tariffs to block Chinese goods or from wherever from coming into the United States. Or you can partner up with uh, nations like Japan. Nations like uh, South Korea, uh, nations like the Philippines mm-hmm. that we have trade relationships with and say, look, collectively, all of us are going to agree on some standards that we're all going to play by that are considered fair to everybody. And then we're going to say, look, China, if you want to enter any of our markets, you have to play by these standards. That's what the TPP uh, would have done. And I think that's what we've really foregone. And it is going to hurt our, our sweeping export market very badly. Uh, by being uh, shut out of China's markets right now, it's going to hurt our beef products and pork products. Uh, there, there's a lot of concern that people should have, and and again, the first shoe has not dropped. Mm-hmm. It's it is uh, it seems
0: very strange that we th- that combination of tariffs and not being in the TPP just it like it's a multiplier mm-hmm. uh, because. The the TPP was was our 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 bulwark against China, and it's I don't I don't understand why we got out of that. Even if you were going to tariff them, even if it was going to be a two punch, right? Mm-hmm. And you said we're going to tariff you. We're also through the TPP going to lock you out. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that's almost a legitimate
3: point, even though tariffs don't work.
0: But what it did is it just made it difficult for us to go into the places other than China.
3: And it's, yeah, I think that the net effect of this is going to be, at least in part, um, it's going to isolate the United States. It's going to make it more difficult for our products and services to go to friendly places like Japan. Um, and, and that's that's one of the unfortunate effects. It, I, I've always compared it to, with respect to China specifically, it's, it's like if, if you're really angry at someone in the bar, rather than starting a fight with that one person at the bar, we started a fight with everybody in the bar <laughs> and, right. and, and, and I think our position would have been better if we had a team of people to, to say, look, person in the bar, your behavior's not okay. We got to ask you to leave. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than, than starting a, 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 a brawl there. And, and so I hope um, that uh, cooler heads can prevail, that we can begin to, you know, work collaboratively with friendly nations. Uh, but you know, again, just getting back from this conference that I was telling you about, um, you know, the prognosticators there are saying, look, we have missed our opportunity on the TPP. Um, any idea that the the U.S. could now come and join the Trans-Pacific Partnership is is just very unlikely, mm-hmm. and it's going to be. I, I don't believe anyone thinks it's a realistic goal to to do. Uh, unilateral trade agreements with all of the nations that are TPP partners, and so I, I think we have uh, unfortunately really undermined our um, negotiating position in 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 the East Pacific, and, and uh, it's it's going to take a while to to feel the effects. It's going to take even longer for us to get out of those.
0: What does uh, the chamber obviously this position on tariffs is not new. The administration mm-hmm. knows it. What are you doing? Uh, how are you uh, working to uh, affect this policy and, and bring any sort of change? What, what can you do and what are you doing?
3: Well, I wanna first give credit to both our senators and our congresswoman. Um, their staffs and their approach uh, individually has has been great on this. Um, our federal delegation is unified in saying, look, this is the wrong way to go about it. And we feel like this is going to hurt South Dakota.
0: It hasn't changed anything.
3: Well, it, and unfortunately, I think that's where the frustration from several senators and representatives in Washington is, is, is the fact that um, the way we do trade in the United States, sure, it has to be ratified eventually by Congress if it's distilled down to an agreement. But for the most part, it is something we leave to the decision of our federal administration. And so they have the ear mm-hmm. of influential people in the, the federal administration. And again, I can't stress enough. Mm-hmm. They have been delivering our messages. They sent some
0: strongly worded
3: letters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> I, <laughs> you, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I I wish there was more that Donald that Trump could stood
0: down there on the stage with Noam uh raising mm-hmm. money for her gubernatorial campaign. I you know I I know that their their position is is similar to yours. Mm-hmm. And when I talk, it's been a while since I chatted, chatted with any of them, frankly. But when I do talk to them or their people, they have the right position. Yeah. But it never seems to influence the administration. And all the rural, all the ag senators, and everybody's against it. Yeah. And it yep. doesn't affect the administration. Well, I, I again, That's I not can't your s- problem. Yeah, <laughs> I can't speak
3: to that. I don't run in those circles. I don't golf at Mar-a-Lago, so oh, I can't sidle yeah. up to the president. Uh, but uh, although we could, maybe we get on you and I. Oh, awesome. I don't think they'd let okay. me. All right, they don't want a little chamber director.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're going to come right back and talk more with Jason Ball. He is president of the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. <laughs> 447 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And we're chatting still for the hour with Jason Ball. He's president of the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce. We have hit all the major uh, international trade negotiations uh, in in very efficient and effective way. Uh, So I want to ask you about workforce development, um, which is another big issue for and has been now for several years. Mm -hmm. Um, There's not a solution to finding more and better workers uh, to fill the demand that we currently have. There's not, it's, not gonna, it's not like you go, oh, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to solve it, right?
3: Yeah, I think any solution set that we come up with is going to be uh, multifaceted. It's going to have a, have a lot of parts and a lot of partners and a lot of key components to it. Um, but, boy, it's, it's, it's still going to be a challenge. Um, I, ju- I just got back from Atlanta yesterday uh, where I spent uh, f- four days at the International Economic Development uh, Council annual meeting was there with Bob Munt, who's the president and CEO of the Development Foundation. Um, I think both of us were amazed. Every session and every speaker that was on uh, workforce and uh, diversity or equity and economic development is how they phrase it there um, was just packed everyone is trying to solve this. I used to tell people look this workforce thing is a broadly midwestern issue it's not um, you think of the dallas fort Worth metro the Chicago metro the Atlanta metro everywhere people are feeling that pinch just like we are here
0: and uh, we were talking a little bit earlier if you have somebody that's a you know skilled uh, labor or white collar jobs highly educated uh, it can be hard to find people but You will find them. I mean, you can recruit them. You have more flexibility in salary and some of these different things. You don't go recruit $12 an hour workers from other communities. You have to find them where you are.
3: Yeah, yeah. I I think that's one of the the issues that we're really trying to work on with community partners at the Chamber and Development Foundation is – Um, you know, this community, the quality of life here, the comparative cost of living in Sioux Falls, all of those are great advantages for us. And so for someone that, you know, doesn't have to live on a beachfront property, doesn't have to live up in the mountains, Sioux Falls is an awesome option. And, uh, um, I think that's borne out in, in what we hear from our, our businesses that say, you know, look, it's not easy to find, uh, uh, these high-skilled positions or medium-skilled uh, positions, but but we we can do it. It's a compelling um, opportunity, but it's it's where we still need a lot of people, um, where it's become difficult, and that can be folks that have. Uh, you know the the skill set that comes with the high school education or or even our our, our two year technical and associate degree education is just is just uh difficult to find we don 't have enough bodies that uh have those those interests uh, to to be able to fill our needs right now shouldn 't we be
0: then investing more in uh, education and training skills training which there are programs that are doing that mm-hmm. um, they tend to be at the margins and not all in from the state of South Dakota, for instance. What what do we need for uh, training and education to be able to develop that workforce, even marginally from the people who already live here?
3: Yeah. um, Well, I would, I would say the first thing we need to do is make sure we understand our competitive position as a state with respect to technical training, uh, which is to say um, a student in Sioux Falls who's thinking about getting a two-year degree uh, can choose to have a great experience at STI and and uh, have a great education there and then be market ready when they come out of that, that two-year experience. But for that experience here... Um, they're just going to pay a significantly higher tuition rate than they would just down in Norfolk, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And so uh, because we don't have the same uh, mix of funding resources for how we fund technical education in the state, we are operating at a severe disadvantage where we're um, basically either charging our workforce more to learn that or inducing them to leave. Mm-hmm. And many times when they do leave here, uh, if they complete that training elsewhere, uh, we've got to earn them back and many people won't come back. They'll just stay where they ended up getting that, uh, that, that two year experience. So STI, I want to stress is doing a fabulous job. Um, and that's why they're going through a, a uh, funding campaign to be able to expand their capabilities right now. And that's why we as a state are going to uh, give consideration to IM 25, which is intended to help to reduce, cu- yeah, yeah. reduce that cost. Yeah. Uh, reduce that.
0: And that's supposed to go to
3: reducing tuition. Um, does the chamber, uh, endorse im 25 chamber uh, the Sioux Falls chamber has taken a position on im 25 and we uh, in in the view of our board it, it really boils down to a deeply felt workforce need um, and so the the chamber saying look we we think im am 25 is one of the components that we need in this multifaceted approach uh, to bring down that cost of technical education make that more accessible for people that's a yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I give so long yes. Th- th- no, no, that was
0: fine. But the, the the technical education, workforce development, that's not gonna solve it. Um there still needs to be more aggressive efforts in terms of uh education. Um and maybe we didn't even talk about immigration, but yeah. Reforms to immigration, too, to get more people here.
3: Look, when I say it's going to take a multifaceted approach, I mean it's going to take several organizations in town. It's going to take all of our education partners. Uh, to wit, I, th- I would also argue the school bond that just got mm-hmm. approved by voters in September is another component of how we go about solving our workforce needs or at least maintaining our competitive position. Uh, it's going to take creative programs that get kids in front of, I don't care, any type of career path we can offer them right here in Sioux Falls. So they get exposed to that sooner. can be thinking about that sooner. It's going to take us uh, probably changing some policies, for example, so we can get some kids that are able to go into a manufacturing facility and just push a broom and clean up. Um, Some of those early work experiences are, are some of the most important work experiences, no matter what career they go into Mm -hmm. six years down the
0: road. Mm -hmm. They've established a work ethic. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's a fantastic conversation, and
0: I know we will have it. Some more Jason Ball, president of the Sioux Falls Area Chamber of Commerce. Thanks for coming in, man.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
0: We're going to come right back and finish up and tell you what's going to happen here on the show tomorrow on Information 1000 KSOO. 457 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. This is, in fact, Radio Clash on a pirate satellite. No, it's the Patrick Lally Show. Coming up uh, tomorrow, first Friday, a special day of dining, shopping, and entertainment in downtown Sioux Falls. Events include the Art and Wine Walk, which I believe I will be participating in. I will be arting, and I will be walking, and I will be whining. Sort of like this show. (laughs) Oh, come on now, that's not true. There will be Artists of the Black Hills at Rayfeld's Gallery, Trivia at PAVE, and more... I always like that and more. I like doing the and more. and more and more and more free admission to the Kirby science discovery center and the visual arts center at the pavilion for more information on this and any other event in the Sioux Empire, See our listing at KSO.com coming up on the show tomorrow. We're going to talk books with Jacqueline Poffy who leads the KSOO Zambro's community book club. We haven't had Jacqueline on for a while, so it's probably time for that. The Buffalo maiden is back with an update from the black Hills bureau on weird friends That's all tomorrow on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.